Whenever. Oh, are you a are what, you a member? What time of what? Uh, Eleven a.m. to eight p.m. If you screenshot, I'll. I'll I don't send have that. You. I don't have one. You have. I'm going to get you a Chick Fil A. I don't want one. Oh, Chick Fil A's are good. This is Garage Logic Podcast number one oh seven. Wow. Feb twenty seven. Twenty nineteen. Is that it? 22 below. There you go. I'm looking for some <laughs> records there, bro. 1879. Whoa, way back. 54. 54 was the high. What the hell, dude? 1896. <laughs> That's the year that Garage Logic High School was built. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a cornerstone. I got you. A time capsule. I got you. Got old uh, sleighs in there and things like that. I think we're just going to start. Now, Can you get me a warm scene on that smart the TV? House, yes. On the east shore of Spoon the TLC Lake, Roku? It's Garage Logic. Yeah, I, I'm tired of looking at the cold. Chris Reavers, director of social media. John Hyde in the newsroom. And occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Souchere. Okay, uh, the sense when. This February is the fourth snowiest month ever recorded in Minnesota history. Isn't that something, John? That's a lot of snow. In the wake of the snow that fell Tuesday and Wednesday morning, that would be uh, Feb 26 and today Feb 27, the Twin Cities has accumulated 39 inches of snow since the month began. That tops the previous record for the fourth snowiest month, which was March of 1965. Hmm. Oh, are we in trouble for uh, the that spring was floods? The big, the big flood year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lyndon Johnson, Lyndon Baines Johnson came to town and stood on a perch in what was then called uh, Lower Town in St. Paul. Mm-hmm. And uh, gazed out at the river as though uh, he was prepared to go back to Washington and dedicate some some funds. And this is obviously before the city of St. Paul made some drastic changes to uh, to that area. The all-time snowiest month record for the Twin Cities is 46.9 inches, set back in 1991 following the historic Halloween blizzard. All right. So what's how many years ago was 1965? 53. 54. 54. Four and five is nine. 54 years ago. I'm 53 years old. I was born in 65. So. Okay, I think your math is going to be better than his. <laughs> 1965 to 2019, 54 years. Got to carry that That's, one. That's if, true. See, if, Kenny will turn if you've 54. Had, right, if better. you've had your right. the anniversary yeah. date. Yes, okay, so you're both But wait, correct. what month you said in, in 65? Come on, phone ring. <laughs> Come on, baby. Just, uh... Just a month. I don't know. No, it was, if it was March, then it would be 53 months or 53 years, 11 months ago. January, February, it'd be 54. Boom. As we speak, uh, Trump's former attorney, Michael Cohen, is testifying before Congress. Yes, he is. And uh, we're fated to be poorly served uh, by the coverage of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, for people who hate Trump unabashedly, this is a great day, and they're having all their suspicions confirmed about him. He's cheap. He's a con man. He's a racist. He's this. He's that. None of which I think is shockingly novel to learn. 
we pretty much any rational person has come to believe <laughs> right. that uh, he's a messed up human being, mm-hmm. right? Are we on the right track? Yes. <laughs> but what has to be remembered is that Cohen is already a convicted perjurer. And it's unlikely that news-gathering institutions are going to take that into account as they report on this today and tonight and tomorrow. And it's it's very plausible that everything Cohen says will be taken as the gospel truth. Yes. When we already know that Cohen is a liar and he has, uh, he has nothing to lose by using this forum, this platform, to uh, clean up what he believes to be his historical legacy, although I don't think anyone throughout history is going to remember Michael Cohen. He, uh, he's already, you know, in, in November of last year, 2018, he was convicted of lying on the Trump, uh, having uh, dealings with Russia uh, in terms of trying to build a new Trump Tower. He lied about that. And, and now, now today, we're being asked to believe by Cohen that he has had a come-to-Jesus meeting with himself, that he's, uh, he's shamed and embarrassed for the uh, actions he's taken over the years as Trump's fixer, as Trump's pit bull, and he's there to tell the American public that uh, I'm really a good guy and I made terrible mistakes and Trump is a foul, foul human being. Okay, there's not much doubt about that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what's what's expected to come of this. Uh, have you heard anything impeachable? Uh, the only thing is where the payments came from for the two right. women. If they came from that, they campaign came from money, campaign yeah. funds. That uh, that's certainly a problem. Is, uh, Are we getting to that today? Uh, they talked. Well, in his opening statement, he did mention that briefly. That they came they put from the campaign check up funds. There. Yeah, when he yeah. put the check up, and did uh, it say Donald Trump for president? Uh, was that the check? No, the he? check was Donald Trump paying him back, paying Michael Cohen back yeah. because Cohen. Uh, so that's on. Unde- that's unsettled. That's yet. unsettled at this yeah. point. Yeah. 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 But you know perfectly well when you watch the, the typical news gathering on TV and you read the Washington Post tomorrow or you read the New York Times that it, Cohen will be virtually canonized as this fellow who came in and yes. uh, attempted to set the record straight. And uh, and you know perfectly well how Trump's going to react. Trump will be firing off his soft already tweets. Yeah. And, and, uh, watching uh, it this morning, though, really uh, shows me showed me a couple of things. We got a lot of time in D.C., and we really just have a lot of bickering. Both sides oh, yeah, were driving a, me crazy. It's with a partisan their, thing immediately. It, immediately. And it's, it's, it's such a waste. It's of, an S.H. Blank T. show. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, and I know we have to get to the bottom of it, but isn't there an easier way for us to figure this out than long drawn out? I mean, you couldn't fit another photographer in there. What are they taking pictures of? Where is a garage logician supposed to fit in modern-day America? We're pushbackers. Uh, those who hate Trump, again, uh, they're going to revel in this day. I'm sure bars are packed with people hooting and cheering. And uh, I know when I go home, I'm going to hear, uh, hear it because I live in a house divided. Right. And, and, and so the people who hate Trump, they're having a field day. <laughs> Because they're having their suspicions confirmed by by a fellow who they're now assigning some virtue to, even though he's been a he's been a a, a slick, uh, 
operator his whole life. He's just been a fixer. He's been a con man himself. Trump attracts con men he's around him. He's gone to prison in two months and for three years. And he's extremely intelligent. Mm-hmm. So when you're watching that testimony, you should keep all that in mind, I think. He's, he's not dumb, even, oh, no. if he, even as he tries I'll to come off butter. as contrite. And, uh, you know, I, I think he is. That's just my opinion. But, but he sounds like a guy who could be testifying for the Gambino family. Yeah. Yes. Well, and that's one of the – on the way here, I was listening. You probably didn't see that you were already working. One of the congressmen said, uh, you know, if we're going to throw out Michael Cohen's testimony, we have to throw out all the RICO yeah. uh, cases we've ever done because none of those people are to be believed according – uh, to some of these uh, uh, people, so well to finish that was the, brought up. Right. Actually, to, to finish the thought, if you if you are a, a, a confirmed Trump hater, this is your day. Mm-hmm. You you are you are uh, basking in in these uh, uh, allegations. If if you're a confirmed Trump believer and supporter, you're not going to believe a word Cohen says. Mm-hmm. Where does that leave me? Because like, I'm neither. Garage logician I don't. To be? I generally don't hate people. I think Trump is a foul human being. Really, There's somebody that would call up Forbes and say, I, "I want you to push me up a little bit here, so I can get a better interest rate on a loan." But it's come to this. We we, it's come down to a, a convicted perjurer uh, now uh, attempting to portray himself as a uh, a shame. He's like he's gone to confession. And that he he really needs to uh, set the record straight for posterity. And again, I don't think uh, he has much worry about posterity. I don't think he's going to be a major player in American history. And I only say that because I don't think much is going to come of this today. I I don't know what I what am I what am I expected to believe about today? Do they have confession? No, there's he's Jewish. I don't think he has (laughs) confession. Uh, It's really frustrating because, as I said earlier. The wasting of time, and this, all this is doing is it is dividing more. It's giving fuel for the anti-Trumpers, mm-hmm. and it's um, a red blood boiling the the ones that are of the Republican Party that are still fighting. But it's just it's only divisive, and it can do divisive. absolutely no divisive. It can do no good. Divisive. No, it's divisive. It's correct. You know what? It, re- it reminds me of the many public hearings we read about in Vince Flynn's books where it was all just about posturing and posing mm-hmm. and getting well, your pointless voice heard. And it all leads up to the next election. W- all of this. When is the last congressional hearing you saw that wasn't just posturing? Yeah. I mean, I understand, yes, they have to to a point uh, for their constituency. But it's, no, they have to to get reelected. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. All, all the, that, that's all this is. Yeah, it's all it's it is. nonsense. And both sides, there's there's no there's no there's no heroes here. On, uh, but it will be interesting to note, starting with the evening news tonight and reading the newspapers tomorrow, will news gathering organizations make any attempt at all to filter their coverage through the undeniable fact that you are witnessing and hearing the testimony of an admittedly convicted perjurer? Will that be factored into anyone's thinking that, uh, yes, this was, if you're an anti-Trumper, this was a fun day, just a fun day because mm-hmm. he's up there. He's fulfilling your every dream. He's confirming your every suspicion. Most of those suspicions, at least at this table, we already knew anyway, yeah. right? Instinctively. Yeah. Well, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, okay. I so so the no. only people that are pointing out the fact that, He's going to prison in, in, in 
two months for three years, and he has lied already to Congress. Other Republicans that are saying, this is an outrage, we should not be here. Is there any way he can lighten his sentence through this uh, today? That I don't believe this so. This has nothing to do no. with uh, lightening his three years no. in prison. No. And a pardon's probably out of the question at this point. He I actually think so. he addressed that, actually. <laughs> and I don't think he was joking. He said, I would never ask and never accept a pardon from President Trump. So, boy, hmm. I, I couldn't tell if he was joking. Hmm. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to be anxious. To, tomorrow I'll consult the New York Times, the Washington Post, uh, the local so papers. So you know what so you're going to get. do you think, Joe? I'm going to get, Kenny, what I'm afraid I'm going to get is that I'm going to be poorly served by, by reporting that is not going to factor in the idea that we have a tainted soul here giving this testimony. Do you, do you think then, and I don't want to put you on the spot here, there's any chance he actually is contrite and reformed and blah, blah, blah? Yes, there is. Blah, blah, blah. Of course. Okay. I believe I'm just would, curious. Yeah. I, I would believe there's a chance. Okay. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I don't think, you know. What happened I to, believe there's as much of a chance that he isn't. Either or. Yeah. Yeah. What happened to client um, attorney privilege? If that, that supersedes or that's, I think that's, that's trumped, so to speak? I think that's, well, first of all, the Cohen is now disbarred. He's no longer a lawyer. Okay. He was disbarred yesterday. Uh, so he's no longer a lawyer, and he's already been convicted. So I don't know what obligation he has to. Because now he's telling, he's telling everything. Yeah. Hey, yeah. they uh, went to Russia. They were going to build Trump Tower. They talked. Well, that's they... what he lied about. And he admitted that he lied. From what you guys watched this morning, did they bring up the fact that he uh, had perjured himself? Yes. Oh, every Republican yeah. jumped Constantly. On. That yeah. was their first, okay. that was their opening line to him. Even though yeah. you are a perjurer. And now they want you to be this angel, and then you know they want. That's all why all I, I heard it. was his opening remarks on radio, which I listened to driving here. Yeah, and and I, that's where I formulated some of these thoughts. That yeah, he this is a field day for uh, people I know. For example, this is a field day. They're having their they're having all of their suspicions confirmed in your own home. You think there and and elsewhere, and and and, and that's fine. But they they need to take into consideration the source of this. And I can go either way, but and that's that's why we're this. That's why this is such an sh blank t show yeah. because we have no idea. Okay, but where are you going with that? When you say that, do you mean the 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 Congress needs to take into account that he might be embellishing? Well, Republicans or? will take that into account. Democrats won't. Again, oh. more di- more division. Ultimately, don't division. you think it's just going to come down to whatever Mueller comes up with? I mean, this yeah. is this is just window dressing. It's for whatever side, like you yeah, said, you're right. to get their opinions you know, verified, they think, uh, on whichever side they are. And then when the investigation comes out and Mueller's uh, details come out, then we'll know. Because everyone's drawn their own conclusion. Oh, no sure. one's going to be, Everybody's. no one's opinion is going to be changed. I don't think today needed to be done. Yeah. Right. What's what's the point of this? Yeah. It, you, you've already got Cohen. It's a window dressing. You've already yeah. disbarred him. He's going to prison for three years. We already know he lied. What is the point of this? Grandstanding. And you know this committee is going to call. I know you didn't said you didn't hear anything after the opening statements, but uh, the financial officer for Trump, uh, Cohen, talked mm-hmm. a lot about and mm-hmm. said he was there basically for every mm-hmm. everything that everybody thinks is a misstep. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, so you know he's going to get called by the committee, mm-hmm. as will other members of the Trump organization. I'm so sure. the bottom line here is... All the other stuff he did, uh, he might be a, 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 a DB, the president, to, to request all this other stuff. But he's in trouble if he took campaign 
funds and wrote a fifteen thousand dollar check or thirty five thousand dollar check and paid off to the, to hush yeah. Uh, yeah. the gals. Yeah. That's what, and he could be. Uh, removed from office or just fined from the, I don't know what the rules well, are. It would be, depend on Congress. And if they think that's impeachable, it's impeachable. I mean, look at Watergate. It was a simple little burglary that, you know, mm-hmm. basically amounted to nothing until Nixon kept building but on that, it. It was, it was gotten to the bottom of a lot sooner than this. A lot. Well, not really. Well, this is going on since the day he got elected. It happened in was, 71, right, or 72, late 71, early 72. Right before the election. And he got impeached in 74. Four, yeah. Well, he didn't get impeached, but was, he resigned. I resigned. Yeah. I shall resign. The presidency effective tomorrow. But what, what, if you step back and look at this objectively, what, what, what is this today? This is these guys screwing it's, around. That's it. It's window dressing for both sides. There's nothing to be gained here. We already know all this stuff. Here. If they weren't doing this today, what, what, what is it taking place of? Or is this what they do all day? They compare Every sizes. <laughs> this, is taking, this is taking the place no. of doing the work of the people. No, yeah, they don't do absolutely. that anymore. No, they're, they're unzipping and comparing sizes. Yeah. This, that's all this is. It's all complete BS. They're spreading wolf urine around <laughs> to establish territory. Yep. But beyond that, I, I can't for the life of me understand what what is attempted to be discovered today. Well, this was just another opportunity to have a. This is no different than you know Jimmy Kimmel doing a monologue on on a late night TV show. This is just a, yet another opportunity to tell everybody what a scumbag Trump is. Hmm. Yes, you know the shame of it all is this all could have been solved if Trump had just listened to Charles Barkley. <laughs> America, let me just tell you something: was that uh, do not commit crimes with checks. <laughs> Come on, man. You cannot. If you're going to break the law, do not write a check. Because <laughs> you're writing a check that what? Uh, behind cash. <laughs> That's applicable, isn't it? If you're yeah. going to commit totally. a crime, don't write a check. Yeah, because the main the main photograph today is the picture of the check. Right? Yes. <laughs> but the best was Barkley on the set. This was obviously he was talking about the, the Smollett case. And he wrote check and to the name of Muggers. Yeah. <laughs> Say one size rarely fits all anyone anymore. That's why Federated Insurance Company tailors its insurance programs to individual businesses offering property and casualty life and disability income insurance. Their marketing representatives get to know you, the business owner, and they get to know your operations, and that allows them to customize the coverage you need. Uh, For example, if driving is a significant part of your business, they'll talk to you about auto liability. Worried about a cyber attack? You might need data compromise coverage. Your business is unique. No matter which direction you're going, it's unique, and you need an insurance carrier who treats it that way. Get in touch with a federated insurance marketing rep to see how their second-to-none service can help your business thrive, because at Federated, it's their business to protect yours. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. Stop and he it. feels fine. Joe Suchere. <laughs> nice. Told you it was good. Is that a drum machine, John? Uh, it's a drum. He's got a drum, electronic drum set he hooks up to his computer. Johnny's son, Dylan Height. Am I playing it right? 
No. No, because you got that thing on your finger still. Oh, yeah. When, when is that going away? You, you look so pathetic. Six months? Eight weeks from this. Eight weeks. Eight weeks. Oh, Six my to God. eight weeks. <laughs> and I might have to go in and get a shot of something. Some nurse told me. My friend, you are the biggest female body part I've ever met. <laughs> really? Take that thing Pretty off big. and resume being a man. I can only give you half the finger. Oh, see, it's getting better. Oh, God Unbelievable. Help me. Unbelievable. <laughs> I did it making a chair box. Yeah, let's go here. We uh, talked about the Senate's failure to vote to protect the lives of born children mm-hmm. or to at least you know, develop a criminal penalty in the event they did. And I think there's some clarification here. From uh, Matt, who writes, just a quick note on the discussion that you had on yesterday's podcast about the infanticide bill. Why will that word uh, block me every time I look at it? Infanticide (laughs) bill that failed to pass the Senate. It is my understanding that the 2002 law prevents babies that survive abortion procedures from being killed, but it does not place any legal responsibility on the doctor to render aid to the infant. The intention of the new bill seems to be to close that loophole of just neglecting the infant until it perishes. The 2019 bill specifically requires the provider to aid the infant. There is currently no law requiring this, something to do with the legal status of the infant changing in the context of an abortion to protect doctors from prosecution. Uh, And then a couple of emailers had the same thought, including frequent uh, emailer Downing. And he says, so for the same people who say no person is illegal and who point out that all children born in this country are, according to the Constitution, citizens, and therefore they have rights and can't be sent back across the border just because their parents are in the U.S. illegally. In addition, the parents here illegally should be allowed to stay in the U.S. as well for the sake of the children. Those people also say that in other circumstances when a child is born, we should have a discussion about whether or not to kill it. But then they say they care about the children, and they are beside themselves about seeing children being kept warm with foil blankets. Heck, if those kids aren't wanted, maybe they should just be dis- maybe there should just be a discussion about terminating them as well. No, of course I'm not for that. But I can link and I can think. What the hell is wrong with these morons? It's a great link. It's the, wow. it's like the link between uh, uh, using your uh, using children to advance your climate change. Worries about future generations. Uh, And Mike writes, you discuss the abortion topic, and I keep thinking these are the same people. He's thinking just like a downing. These These are the same people who demand any child from any country born in the USA has a constitutional right to be a U.S. citizen. Isn't that some good linking by a couple of graduates of the University of Garage Logic? I'll say. Which is, uh, they're the... uh, Fighting stogies. Wouldn't it be great to have in D.C. a panel of garage logicians, the, the, the GL court, where you decide if something is really worthy or necessary of such great weight? How would the they cabinet? vote on that apparatus you have around your middle finger? Well, you know what? <laughs> speaking, of that, speaking of that, Such, are there any politicians in Washington now that would qualify for GL or status? Not that I'm aware of. Exactly. Not oh, sure. Uh, who was the guy that got made fun of on Saturday Night Live? Oh, with the patch. Oh, the guy Crenshaw. with the eye patch. He would, he would. He would fit it in GL. He's, uh, he's uh, getting a little uh, goofy on Twitter. Too, Is he really? Though, so, uh, he's becoming more adversarial as opposed to. I guess I just liked how issues. he handled that entire thing. Yeah, I did thing. too, and I liked him afterwards because he did several things that I liked a lot. Yeah. Now, now he's he's kinda, getting a bit goofy. Yeah, I hope. I hope Washington does not change him. Let's oh. put it that way. 
That's what I haven't figured out yet. Yeah. I haven't figured out how to draw an eight. I haven't figured out how you run for the legislature in Minnesota. Let's say you're married, you got three kids, mm-hmm. and you run as a uh, liberal Democrat. Okay. Uh, at home, you have to worry about, okay, I got to buy this kid some shoes. Yep. This kid needs school supplies. That kid needs braces. Uh, we're going to buy a new basketball hoop for the backyard. The mm-hmm. car needs a new transmission. We got a budget for that. We got the mortgage payment. We got to pay our heat and utilities. And uh, I got to send uh, Ernie, the husband of the hardware store, to get some salt for the driveway. Right. And, and in, you're conducting a normal life. You're conducting a life of responsibility, fiduciary responsibility, other types of responsibility. But then you you get elected. And you walk into the state house, and you vote to spend more money. I, right. I haven't figured that part out yet. Where does that go? I don't. Exactly. I don't. Where does your thinking go? Why aren't you bringing the thinking with you? And the nonsense that these are investments, mm-hmm. th- th- which is utter and complete. This walls, for my money, is going to be a terrible disappointment. He's just a classic. Spend as much as possible. I want more money to spend. Tim Walls, just give me some more money to spend. Yeah. Uh, right, which is, he came out with his new budget, and he just wants more, wants more. But both, I'm sorry. When you're when you're dealing with money at home, it's real money. When those it's dealing a, at the legislature, other people's money, national yeah. Or, yeah. or Minnesota, that's it's but not real they, money. It's but, why, but why did they lose sight of that? The cause. If I got elected, I, I would keep that in mind. I'd go in and, and, and say, no, we can't uh, devote uh, $500,000 to uh, uh, transgender poetry readings in the library. We don't have enough money for that. If you ran for uh, mayor of St. Paul, how many jobs would you create for us? I mean, would we be on like $150,000 a year? Uh, mark me down as a plow driver because you need them. <laughs> you need plow drivers. You recall the other day I said I'd get to the bottom of something. Uh, we learned that Melvin Carter has a cabinet of 16 people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and 10 of the 16 have made up job titles. Right. The first There's one no, you mentioned, innovation. T- I don't have it in front of blah, me. Blah, blah, blah. And they were all 100000 per. And the guy was making, I think, if I remember yeah. right, a buck sixty-five. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 16 of these people. And I said, what's the mechanism? What's the restraint? Yeah. What's, to, what's to prevent him from having... 32 of these made-up sure, jobs. Sure. Well, and I got the answer. I talked to a former mayor and got the answer. Uh, a former mayor who said, you aren't, dra- you, aren't, you aren't dragging this old dog into that fight. You're not dragging this old white dog into that fight. He didn't want to get involved in it. Right. Uh, his nickname when I wrote about him was Smiling, so that'll take care of uh, people that was, would know. You know what? That was my guess. I was so gonna, you just drug him in. I was going to blurt his name out. <laughs> yeah. But... Okay. What well, did he say? It was Latimer. Smiling George Latimer. What did he say? I said, George, what is the mechanism? What? What? And he said, well, it's it would be the budget process. The, the mayor submits a budget, and the city council has to dispose of that budget. They have to either approve it or disapprove mm-hmm. it, and then send it back to the mayor. Well, here's the problem. When you are governed by only one party— the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings. What motivation is there for the city council, all of whom share the same ideological thoughts as the mayor? What motivation is there for them to put the reins on him? 
There isn't any. There isn't. And the other, and, and this is not Latimer. Latimer did not say this. I don't want to get him in trouble. The other problem is what's being celebrated uh, with this cabinet of 16 people, and mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be St. Paul. It could be Minneapolis, anywhere. It's one. These are one-party towns. Right. That's being celebrated as diversity because there's a Hmong and a Hispanic <laughs> right, and yeah. a black woman and a black man and 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 Muslim. what have you. Okay, there's no diversity of thought. There's no diversity of thought. They all think alike. No, Where's right. the diversity? There's oh, no that's, diversity. That's an amazing. Uh, that that's you're absolutely there's right. There's no diversity. I've never thought about it that way. So, so the, getting back to the size of this cabinet, the the mechanism to stop that is the is the budget. But I see no reason to believe that a like-minded city council, all of whom are ideologically in lockstep as progressive Mysterians, why are they going to prevent a progressive Mysterian mayor from adding yet another, uh, you know, uh, deputy director in charge of acronyms? He's creating jobs. Yeah. Chief Innovation Officer Tarek Thomas, mm-hmm. yeah. 160, Deputy Mayor Jamie Tincher, one fifty four. Tell me what's in it. What what have they done that's innovative? I have I've never heard of them before. Plus, Not it's like you said yesterday. There's no checks or balances. These are like the college courses you can't flunk. These are jobs How do you, feel you can't flunk. You can't flunk these. Oh my god! You can't be fired from these jobs. There's no diversity of thought there. There's not a conservative voice. So what's the answer? Well, the old, uh, the tried and true answer is: Well, you, you, you people, you had your chance at the ballot box. Not really. Uh, nobody with a conservative nature is really running. Pat Harris is is uh, a, a lefty by any stretch of the imagination. But I voted for him because he's a conservative compared to Melvin Carter. It's unlikely Pat Harris would have had a cabinet of sixteen made up job titles. Mm-hmm. But so, how did more people not see this? Is it is it a case of people just simply aren't paying attention? They're they're too they're too bothered not bothered but they're too busy because I don't get it because the vast majority of people that I talk to realize that there is a problem here. Why are you writing 1985? Wasn't Latimer in office at that time? He was in the 70s. Oh, I'll 70s just, and 80s. I was just going to see who was in the uh, who was on the city council. In, in 1985. In this country, when we first started electing presidents, you know who the vice president was, right? No. Mm-hmm. The opponent, the loser oh, of second, the election. No. Now, obviously, that isn't going to work, but no. uh, could anything based on that? No. When you are governed by the one party, you have no power. You have no, there's no way to wedge yourself in. Right. They're one party. Right. Latimer had no cabinet, by the way. He, did. he didn't. He had, some, he had a guy. He had a guy. He had Dick Broker. He had a guy. <laughs> he had a secretarial pool, and he had a couple of legislative lobbyists. Wow. There's your, there's <laughs> and your... again, I love George. I've had a long relationship with him. He he's not saying that uh, as a criticism of Melvin Carter. No, he's just he wants to be really clear about yeah. that because he's had a relationship with Melvin Carter's grandparents, for God's sakes. They go way back. No, what he's doing is he's given information, the contrasting styles my between point the is, two. My point is, yeah. I can now make a direct link that I had on the Garage Logic Service Road of Life. Which is? In the days when a guy like Latimer essentially had no cabinet, he had a guy, he had a guy who okay. could work with all the different agencies. He had his guy, yeah. Dick Broker. 
And if he needed a secretary, there was a secretarial pool. And he probably had a scheduler, and he had these two people that uh, lobbied uh, at the legislature on behalf of the city. But none of these other made-up BS titles. At that time, here's my link. At that time, the St. Paul Pioneer Press had a city hall bureau of probably 12 people. (laughs) Oh, the good old days. Oh, I see where you're going. They couldn't get away with this BS. Oh, my God. Because right. they were really being monitored. Latimer, admit, we used to have a guy that covered City Hall named George Barron. And, and Latimer told me the other day, he was so good analyzing the city budget that Latimer used Barron's reporting <laughs> to judge the merits of the city budget. Wow. <laughs> to judge the merits of the city and budget. And now the roles. We have no... City Hall Bureau, we have one overworked guy trying to cover City Hall. The roles have completely... Completely reversed. And you can't tell me that these guys could get away with what they're getting away with today if there was a healthy, vital, heavily staffed City Hall Bureau. What the hell does the innovation blah, blah, blah guy being paid $160 a year, what is he doing right now? What did he do all day yesterday? Nothing. What is he innovating? It's nothing. But also, they have meetings. They walk around okay. with clipboards. Yeah, but they your, have coffee. Your guy at the paper uh, may—I don't know what his politics were—but even if he was left-leaning, would still have uh, taken them to task, uh, Latimer and whoever, saying, "Hey, uh, this—and uh, it wouldn't be hateful." No, right but, now, if you go against, you are—you are hateful. You are. But what's wrong with you? You're not for the kids or whoever. No, what would have happened is it would have gotten reported that uh, Mayor Latimer is proposing adding seven new job titles to his cabinet. And that would have become big news. And it would have been and the public would have responded with outrage and outcry. And and, and a guy like Latimer would have backed off. There was pushback. <laughs> yeah, there was pushback. There's no, there, there isn't. So any. there's a direct link. Between God. the increasingly progressive governed mm-hmm. tallest building cities and the decline of newspapers. Now, wait a minute, because I agree with you wholeheartedly. I would hope so. I'm the but, mayor. But there is, <laughs> wouldn't you say, though, that in the grand scheme of things, there is still a lot of quote unquote media, whether it's locally, nationally, what have you. They're just in, in different forums now, most of it being online. So is it just that people's uh, motives for the way that they cover certain subjects have also changed? In uh, other words... No, you're, you're, you're going down the wrong road. Okay. Here's the problem. Uh, newspapers, which have had a traditional role in this country as the check and balance on things like government, they were established entities with a presence at City Hall, and there was a system that you went through. Sure. There was editing, and there was fact-checking, sure. and there was reporting. And uh, the, the reporting, nobody with a Twitter account is attending City Hall meetings Good and point. providing yep. the public with anything meaningful. Yep. So you can Facebook and Twittergram and t- tweet or whatever the hell it is just invented all, a couple all, all day long and you're not you're not accomplishing a damn thing for the public knowledge plus right? back then you were writing on deadline yep. in the case of the St. Paul paper two two editions a day mm-hmm. but the most important deadline was what your midnight deadline for tomorrow's paper whatever that deadline was it gave you all day to suss out the facts whereas now everybody is racing to get it on twitter first guess when they want my sunday column Probably Friday. Saturday night at midnight, right? Friday at noon. Thursday. 
Oh, what? Well, what are they going to do with it all weekend? It just sits there. Make fun of it. But they're so understaffed. Oh, <laughs> I see. That I used to do the... I used to do three stories on a Saturday night at the Tribune. I might cover a high school swimming that got done at five o'clock, and then I might have something else that that got over at seven. Then I ran out and covered a North Stars game and was filing copy at eleven p.m. on a Saturday night. And back in the, in the in the newsroom, there were three hundred people. I went into it. I've been writing every Thanksgiving day all my life. I've told you this story. I went in this past Thanksgiving to write. I had to turn around and go home. Doors were locked. I got in, but there's nobody there and no lights on, and I didn't know where the lights were. Didn't Royce used to have to do that, too? That's fail. You know, I had one job, and I couldn't do it. I I didn't know where the lights were. When they'd send Royce to a big event, he not only would do his own column (laughs) with his buried lead, but then he would do another side column, and then he would do a notes column. Yes. Yeah. And it all had to be in by midnight Hell yes. to be on the street at 5 a.m. Yes. yes, 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 yes. And speaking of him, just along the lines of what you're saying, how how insignificant reporting now has become, he wrote a story about Marnie Gellner oh, doing a, a Twins game. Great piece. It was awesome. And there was a guy saying, this is great. When's she doing it? And Pat said, I would advise you to actually read the column, <laughs> dummy. Yeah. Because the guy said, well, this is, you know, when is it? Well, it's the first, it's in the first paragraph. Did you did you read it today, Joe? Did yeah, you read Royce? Yeah, it yeah. is a good piece. Really good. I covered a Vikings game at Oakland one time, night game, and got home. Took the red eye out of San Francisco and got home coincidentally to the newspaper carrier throwing the paper on my stoop that had the story in it. Wow, wow. that's cool. Isn't that neat? Yeah, that will, is really. Will cool. you continue to go to the paper on Thanksgiving in, in pitch black darkness? Yes. I'll <laughs> bring a flashlight. Okay, <laughs> well, bring a flashlight next. Bring, time. But that's a really <laughs> interesting point. We've gone from the uh, smiling George and three of his guys, and a huge newspaper staff, you know, looking in his toilet for for things to the complete opposite. George Vavilis was elected mayor of St. Paul in 1960. He was a florist by trade. First thing he did when he got elected mayor is call in all, as many business leaders he could find and say, what do you want, Phyllis? <laughs> we want our oh. streets plowed. <laughs> now, I grant you that there are many constituencies that a modern mayor has to deal with, and that's not that simple anymore, and I, I get all that. But, that man, that's a big sea change in 60 years, 59 years. How, how far into— Do I hear that kid out there? Doing something? How yes. far into politics? The at the city council level, yes, it's all DFL. The state legislature, we'll still throw some Republicans in here, and we're a pretty liberal state. Yeah, you got a Republican Senate. Do you think that will escalate what, as well, far as what the, the DFLers? Escalate? The DFLers taking over. I don't see and the Republicans, how. Republicans saying, you know what, we just. They've I, given I, up on the city council. I, Nobody's going to run. I don't see how it's going to be ever rectified. Why don't we take a break and come back with the newsman? What are you waiting for? This is Ricey for my friend, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Call Josh, get a different point of view, and get your financial future in order starting today. Sound retirement planning is important, and that's what Josh does. Josh can tell you that he is dedicated to helping people like you and me realize their best potential for a comfortable retirement. 
With today's market volatility, it's more important than ever to work with a professional who understands your needs. A professional who understands financial markets and the options available to help you reach your goals. Call Josh for a complimentary no-obligation consultation today at 952-925-5608. 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consult. Consultant LLC, a registered advisor for the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. John, before we start, uh, Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey addresses this. Uh, to Reavers uh, because we're fact-based. He says we're going to need a bigger brain scan. <laughs> At the start of Monday's show, you guys talked about the two guys who died over the weekend in freak accidents. Chris said that it was two guys who uh, went to high school with him. Considering the fact that one was 33 and one was 37, and I believe that Chris is approximately 40, it begs oh the question, God. just how many years did it take oh, Reavers to finish high school? That's now, not even in, in Reavers' defense... I think you just said you all guys went to the same high school. I, I went. I actually went to high school with one of them, and one of them was the brother and you're of someone from I went to high school. A podunk town where we all know each other, right. and we know their younger ki- their younger siblings. We know our buddies' kids. Right. I mean, my best friend, his kid is all grown up. He's my electrician now. He's a good friend of mine. Come right. on, and now I know his kids. And and the kid shut up with that. Who I didn't go to well, high you're school. You're being with. tough on the chief. Wow. Yeah, no, that, that's that's an ass nine email. So, technically, grumpy Kenny today. Yeah, when I say really I went to grumpy. school with Vince Flynn, even though he went to the academy and I went to Creighton, we were in high school at the same time, but we never went to the same school. And I didn't go to high school with Travis, but I rode the school bus with him for about. Half a decade. Took his lunch money. Well, um, unfortunate in both cases. It's really sad. Here's John Hyde in the newsroom. Nitpicking. Kenny, you, 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 one, two days a week really is too much for you, isn't it? I'm not going to come in tomorrow. <laughs> Are you pretty grumpy because of the coffee? Because why don't you just go down and get some more? Uh, no, it's, it's, no, it's... Uh, Special no, mix. It's off here. It's deeper than that. It's, it's off, off here. It's deeper than that. Okay, let's right, not we, get we, into it. Do you right. want some dragon tea? The uh, Minnesota oh let... Minnesota legislature is bracing for its first hearing this session on the issue of gun control. The House Public Safety Committee hearing is set for 7 p.m. Wednesday at the Capitol. It'll hear testimony on bills to require universal criminal background checks for gun purchasers and to let families and police petition courts to temporarily remove guns from people judged to pose an imminent threat. The committee chairman, Representative Carlos Mariani, says he intends to pass both bills Wednesday night, but will take them up again Thursday evening if necessary. The two bills are a top priority for the new House Democratic majority's agenda. It's not clear, though, if they'll get anywhere in the GOP-controlled Senate where Republican leaders have expressed opposition. Who decides who's an imminent threat and what are those qualifications? Yeah, that would have to be the family, I guess it sounds like in this case, huh? I don't know. All right. Minnesota taking another step forward to raising the legal age of smoking from 18 to 21. Wait a minute. These are the hypocrites that want to legalize marijuana. Right. A bill to raise the statewide tobacco sale age passed two committees in the Minnesota House and Senate. Uh, Republican Senator and chief author of the bill, Carla Nelson, said protecting kids from tobacco addiction is a bipartisan goal we can all get behind. 
She added that nearly all smokers start before 21 so we can save lives and prevent lifetime addiction by raising the tobacco age to 21. The bill has been widely backed by Minnesotans for a Smoke-Free Generation, a coalition of more than 60 different organizations. Don't you think there's been a major, major reduction in high school smoking? How would I know? I don't have. Yeah, but isn't the vaping on a historic rise at the same time? Okay, vaping. Yeah, I didn't think about that. But well, never mind. School board members for ISD six twenty two, which includes seven communities like North St. Paul, Maplewood, and Oakdale, unanimously agreed Tuesday night to let voters determine the outcome of a two hundred seventy five million dollar referendum. It'll appear on the May fourteenth ballot. Superintendent Christine Osorio made the case in front of a few families and the board on why such a big chunk of money was necessary to make changes at almost every building in the district. She said none of the facilities have been touched in almost 50 years. A slideshow. Hey, why? A slideshow was used to explain how the proposed reinvestment would benefit the student population, estimated at about 11,000 right now. And the district expects to gain more school-age kids with predicted growth in coming years due to housing construction. If passed, the referendum would pay for all schools to have secure entrances and push-button lockdown zones, along with modern furniture and flexible learning spaces for smaller groups instead of closets. Five schools and district. Wait, 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 whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. Mm-hmm. So we're yeah. learning now, and the kids are in closets. Learning spaces uh, are closets, apparently, in oh, some, in I, some instances. I see, sure. I some see. instances. Yeah. Five schools in disrepair would be overhauled or <laughs> you enlarged. Get in a small room, Kenny. <laughs> little Put a price room. tag on that. Little room. Yeah. <laughs> Five schools in disrepair. Some days I wouldn't uh, even go to class. I'd just go, go right, right, to the right to the little room. <laughs> Where's Kenny? Ah, Put he's the already cap right yeah, on. Here we go. He's already in the little room. Leave me alone. The room of shame. Those schools in disrepair would be overhauled or enlarged. Two new elementary schools would be built, and four schools would either be closed or repurposed. Uh, as we talked about earlier, President Trump's former personal lawyer telling a House committee that Trump knew ahead of time that WikiLeaks had emails damaging to Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign. He also said the president is a racist, a con man, and a cheat. Michael Cohen suggesting in the prepared testimony that Trump also implicitly told him to lie about a Moscow real estate project. Cohen has pleaded guilty to lying to Congress about the project, which he says the president knew about as Cohen was negotiating with Russia during the election. Cohen also says Trump not only knew about Trump Tower Moscow negotiations well into the presidential campaign, but says he directed them. Uh, Cohen also notes notes that the the president has been accused of courting white supremacists, but he claims in reality it's much worse. He said he once asked me if I could name a country run by a black person that wasn't a bleep hole. That was when Barack Obama was president of the United States, according to Cohen. He said, well, we were driving through a struggling neighborhood in Chicago. He commented only black people could live that way. And he said black people would never vote for him because they were, quote, too stupid. President's former fixer also provided Congress with documents from his time as a Trump employee. Among them, a copy of a $35,000 check from the president's personal bank account after he became president, which Cohen said was one of 11 installments reimbursing Cohen for hush money payments Cohen made to adult film actress Stormy Daniels. So that money came from Trump's account, but we don't know where the money paid to store what check that was drawn on. Correct. Right. All of these things that he's saying that Trump said, if this were a court of law, that would all be uh, hearsay right. and would not mm-hmm. be admitted. Right. Right. So this is just showboating, grandstanding, really showing off, and, and you know maybe it's even lying more. Well, he, again, he's a, he's a liar. Right. Trump at a Vietnam hotel before a planned meeting with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, unable to ignore the drama playing out thousands of miles away, uh, said about Cohen on Twitter that he did bad things unrelated to Trump. 
and, quote, is lying in order to reduce his prison time. Uh, Meanwhile, President Trump did meet over dinner on Wednesday with Kim Jong-un, the leader of North Korea, opening the second historic summit meeting between the two to talk about steps North Korea should take to dismantle its nuclear weapons program and measures to establish a permanent peace on the divided Korean peninsula. The two meters met at the Metropole Hotel in downtown Hanoi in Vietnam, capital of a country that's undergoing rapid economic growth decades after a communist army defeated the American military and their South Vietnamese allies in a costly civil war. I did see a very funny tweet. Are you guys fans of the old Twilight Zone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I recall it. Isn't, isn't that getting... Uh... Redone, or they relaunched it? They've redone it several times, I don't know. But the tweet was, if this were a a real television story, uh, the president would fly to Vietnam and it would suddenly be 1968 again and he'd be in a platoon. (laughs) (laughs) But um, boom. Uh, We love you long time. More on that awful story from Pennsylvania we had yesterday. Mother and daughter arrested for allegedly killing five (sighs) family members. The mother claims, quote, they all wanted to die. 45-year-old Shannon. No, no, when you're a nine-year-old, no. 45-year-old Shannon Decree and her 19-year-old daughter Dominique allegedly carried out a killing spree in their two-bedroom apartment in Morrisville, Pennsylvania, about 30 miles northeast of Philadelphia. They did find, by the way, that 17-year-old boy they were looking for, Joshua Campbell. Yeah, he's fine. He had nothing to do with the murders. He was not at the apartment at the time. During questioning, Shannon Decree told police everyone at the apartment, quote, wanted to die Dominique Decree, who also had visible injuries to her neck, asked police if her family was alive and repeatedly advised her wish to die. That's the daughter who's accused, according to the affidavit. Were they, uh, mental illness? What are we... Were they, I don't know yet. Huh? Were they on something? Yeah, not, not that uh, was mentioned in any stories. Huh. Uh, an update on another story we had yesterday. Two African-American women clinched the two top spots in Chicago's mayoral election Tuesday. Being the only, they will face off in a runoff April 2nd to become the Windy City's boy, I'm having some problems talking, aren't I? first black female mayor. Lori Lightfoot and Tony Preckwinkle beat 12 other candidates, including William Daly, son of former Mayor Richard Daly. But neither grabbed more than 50 percent of the vote, and that means there will be a runoff in April to succeed outgoing Mayor Rahm Emanuel. According to the Chicago Tribune, unofficial results showed Lightfoot with 17.5%, Preckwinkle with 16%, and Daly with 14.7%. Chicago has had a female mayor before and an African-American mayor, but never an African-American woman as mayor. <sighs> Lightfoot's a political outsider and the first openly gay woman to run for Chicago. Well, you got to have that. So right. she's the first African American openly gay woman. That's quite a I'm going to be so happy when we're all done with first. Yeah. When we've checked all the boxes. All the boxes have been checked uh, for uh-huh. I'm the first. Uh-huh. Uh, turnout was low, the Associated Press. What about Periwinkle? What well, is she? Uh, there's uh, not a lot. A former city council member, public school teacher. Oh god, uh, help us. Never been <laughs> never been in politics. Turnout was low. The Associated Press reported that by late afternoon, turnout was about 27% of all registered voters in Chicago. The prior low was 33.8% in 2007. Again, people people just don't want to be involved with this nonsense. That's that's the problem. I have no hopes for that city. Lightf- well, I don't think the residents do either, no, do no. they? <laughs> no. Lightfoot and Preckwinkle had both... Everything must go. <laughs> both had been critical of the city's response to the 2014 police shooting of black teenager Laquan McDonald. Do any of them address all the young black kids shooting each other? Uh, not Well, I, they perhaps have, but yeah. I don't have the, yeah. all the uh, information. The runoff takes place April 2nd. 
the one-time Neverland Ranch that pop, uh, pop star MJ. Michael Jackson owned is returning to the market. However, uh, the asking price has gone down quite a bit. Oh, they're asking thirty-one million dollars back in twenty fifteen. They were asking for one hundred million dollars. It's the latest development in the years-long you effort. You get a merry-go-round or something with it, or <laughs> elephant, some giraffes, uh, circus animals, <laughs> monkey bones. Yeah. Twenty seventeen, yeah. after nearly yeah. two years on the market at the. <laughs> Didn't he have a whole bunch of monkeys? Yeah, yeah. monkeys. Well, he had bubbles, right? Flying was cows. And bubbles that was, was his nickname. Yeah, bubbles was his pet. I didn't, I didn't know he was in town. No, yeah. he's back in town. 2017, after nearly two years on the market at the $100 million price tag, the property switched listing agents to... Oh, they got themselves new representation, huh? I can sell it. Don't worry, I can sell it. I wonder where it is, John. Uh, It's in California. California. Well, I know Uh, that. It's in the L.A. area somewhere. Right in the middle there. Right over there. Uh, well, maybe it it'll stay, but I don't think so. Uh, but the listing agent is uh, in Beverly Hills, the new listing agent. I, I don't know if that means anything. You know, knowing uh, Mr. Jackson, I bet it's a nice chunk of uh, real estate, piece uh, of land. The property failed to sell in part, according to the new realtor, because, quote, a price tag of $100 million is not chump change. Plus, the property didn't show well. Chimp change. <laughs> Plus, the property didn't show well because of the drought affecting California at the time, said Carl Forsyth, another realtor in the area. He shares the listing. Santa Barbara County. It's in uh, Olivos, California. Thank you. Property was also held off the market because of the mudslides and wildfires that affected the Santa Barbara, California area. Mr. Forsyth said everybody pulled back about a year in general. He said now's the right time. Looks like a dump. However, it might not be the right time because in a few days, HBO is slated to air a documentary entitled Leaving Neverland that details the accounts of two men who say they were molested by Jackson as children. His estate has filed a breach of contract lawsuit against HBO, alleging that airing the documentary would violate a non-disparagement clause from a 1992 contract with Jackson, according to Howard Weitzman, attorney for his estate. He said the timing of the listing has no relationship to the documentary and the lawsuit. It's just entirely coincidental. What's, you, oh, go ahead, Kenny. Much. I'm sorry. No, I just, killed that fruitcake. Opioids? Yeah. Um, do you guys get HBO? I don't get I HBO don't, no. anymore. I, I do. do not. I get Showtime. Dish Network. I'm not watching this crap. They, they, they're fighting or something, so Dish pulled them. They did. Uh, what's the acreage, Johnny, on the Neverland Ranch? 37 acres. 37 Kenny just made that up. You made that up. Yeah. Well, I'm curious That's a good because, answer I have, so. because why? What would prevent an investor from taking this over and then basically turning it into an amusement park? Because you'd make a ton of money doing it that way. No, they've got a few. There's a, there's a place out there called Disneyland. No, I understand that, but but those that are Michael Jackson still has a massive following. People I think he'd would, make more money developing in his housing. Yeah, sites. I was just wondering. So? Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. What's just the price of the land alone? Because you're going to have to tear down all that garbage and start over. It looks like a fast food restaurant chain place. 3,000 acres, uh, 13,000 square feet for the main house. 3,000 acres? Holy cow. Huh. Well, that's a... That's bigger than White Bear Lake. That's a lot of acreage. That's 500 acres bigger than White Bear Lake. Wow. wow. And imagine the taxes well, on minute. that Let's in that do state. The, so it's 3,000 acres, and what did you say the price was? 31 million. million now. Go ahead, do the math per acre. <laughs> uh, I don't have my calculator. A drive, 
A driver on Interstate Highway 580 in the East Bay managed to rack up about $1,000 in traffic fines Monday afternoon with two speeding tickets in 11 minutes, according to the California Highway Patrol. Is it 10000 an acre? California Highway Patrol first stopped the driver of a 2014 Nissan Altima at 12.30 p.m., doing 90-plus on westbound 580 near Grant Line Road. 9,600? Yeah, good. Per acre? The same car was pulled over by a different that, officer. It's cheap. 11 that's minutes. Joe John, John, John what the hell are you talking about, John? We're trying that's to have a discussion I, can, I thought this was here. a really good speeding. story, actually. Somebody was speeding. He was okay, doing 90-something. Start over. Adrian Peterson? He was doing 90-something. Uh, Highway 580 in California. Okay. Uh, he got a ticket. Then 11 minutes later, he was pulled over doing 103 miles an hour. Jeez. So he got two tickets, two speeding tickets within uh, about 12 minutes. I wonder where he was going. The CH- he, got, he had to go poop. He was yeah. going to paradise. <laughs> Maybe. Got two tickets. See. I will jump ah! over this table. I defended I you earlier. You know Those are I bad. defended Those... you. <laughs> See, that's a pun. You're not supposed to do it. I salute Thank you, John. What Thank is you. wrong with you? Joe asked where he was going, and Joe I said to paradise. to paradise. That's hysterical. You're within reach. <laughs> Yeah, I have computers in front of me. The tickets probably cost the fella four hundred to five hundred dollars a piece. What's he care? He was headed to paradise. Don't, don't. Thanks, John. Oh Stop gosh, it. I enjoyed that. <laughs> you want another one? Hey, Joe, I don't know, I'm giggling too much. Guys, you know we're playing golf. Yeah. <laughs> Mister Award winner. Yeah. <laughs> wow, what a good De- did degenerating fast here, isn't it? Going downhill. And a man who was trying to escape from police has his own underpants to blame for his arrest. Uh-oh. 23-year-old from Seton, Adelaide in Australia was trying to flee the long arm of the law after officers were called to a house under construction in Finden following reports of windows being smashed. He initially managed to get away from them, but as he was clambering over a fence, he became caught on Ooh. it by his underpants. Ooh. Police found him dangling upside down on a six-foot fence, unable to free himself. Charged him with unlawfully being on the premises, breach of bail, and to carry an offensive weapon after a knife was found in his pocket. But no damage to the uh, important nope, parts. Nope. He's okay. All right. He's not physically harmed. Such, what are you going to tell us? I want to tell you about the great marketing reps at Federated Insurance. They tailor the insurance programs you need to customize your business and industry, property and casualty life, disability income. They're marketing reps, I say. They're the best in the business. They get to know you, and that's why they can tailor the insurance coverage you need. If uh, driving is a significant part of your business, they'll talk to you about auto liability. If you're worried about a cyber attack, they'll talk to you about data compromise coverage. They'll talk to you about anything you need. Your business is unique. You need an insurance carrier who treats it that way. Get in touch with a federated insurance marketing rep to see how their second-to-none service can help your business thrive because it's federated. It's their business to protect yours. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. This has been out there for a week. I, I hesitated getting around to it for no particular reason, uh, except other things more pressing seem to come up. We're going to play some audio here for you in a moment. A group of children and teenagers visited Senator Dianne Feinstein's office recently. She's a Democrat from California. 
to try to convince her to support the Green New Deal. Feinstein, apparently unimpressed, dismissed the group with the blunt honesty you don't see from a politician every day. In a video, the children are seen preparing to deliver a letter about the Green New Deal, a controversial and expensive climate change initiative to Feinstein. When they meet her, however, the reception was not what they likely expected. Uh, these are kids. Right? First graders. Well, well, there was a, there was some youth in the group as old as 16. Slow first graders. <laughs> Do you have the audio of this? Because I have a question for you all assembled here. Okay. Uh, I'm going to have some questions for you uh, after you hear this audio. Okay. We are trying to ask you to vote yes on the Green New Deal. Oh, please. Okay. I'll tell you what. We have our own Green New Deal. Some scientists have said that we have 12 years to turn this around. Well, it's not going to get turned around in 10 years. What we can do is put ourselves... At the faces oh of the God. people who are going to be living yeah. with these yes, consequences. The government and is supposed to be for the people and by the people, and uh, all You know for what's the interesting about this group is I've been doing this for 30 years. I know what I'm doing. You come in here and you say it has to be my way or the highway. I don't respond to that. I've gotten elected. I just ran. I was elected by almost a million votes plurality, and I know what I'm doing. So, you know, maybe people should listen a little bit. I hear what you're saying, but we're the people who voted you. You're supposed to listen to us. That's your job. Well, I'm 16. I can't well, you didn't vote. vote for me. Well, she, I'm she sorry. Voted. It doesn't matter. We're the ones well, who are going to be impacted. It doesn't matter. We're going to be the ones who are impacted. I understand that. I have seven grandchildren. I understand it very well. Senator, the cost of and not taking this action is far higher than the cost of what the Green New Deal will be. And there is enormous popularity for this bill around the whole country. And we're asking you to be brave and do this for us and for your grandchildren. I'm trying to do the best I can, which was to write a responsible resolution. Any plan that that doesn't take bold, transformative action is not going to be what we need. Well, you know better than I do. So I think one day you should run for the Senate. Great. And then you do it your way. But by that time, in the meantime, by that time, there's going to be a big problem. I just won a big election. What strikes you the most about that? What strikes you? Kenny took his headphones off. Take my headphones off. It is. It's it's horrible. What what strikes you at least as equally impressive is how stupid the kids are. Uh, wasn't there an adult there who basically was doing the same thing as the kids were? Well, the Hectoring the voice and... you heard of an older kid was the 16 Oh, that was a kid. Okay. There were two. The, the, there was the one that was 16 that she said, well, you didn't vote for me. You're not old enough. What struck you about these elementary school students? They're idiots! Well, beyond that, what is equally oh. what is equally significant I, I about what might have struck you? I'm out because that's all I can come They've been with. completely brainwashed? That's, that's, the, that's true, but I'm talking about another dynamic. Just tell, might us. Have, tell me. The social contract what, what is ask? not there. The, the disrespect factor. There you are. How impolite these kids were. Yeah, the disrespect factor. I don't care who she is, Republican, Democrat. You're in the office of a United States senator who's now in her 80s, by the way. And these kids had no semblance of behavior. Yep, you're right. Mm-hmm. They had no self-discipline. They had no decorum. 
the entitlement factor with first graders. It's just, it's we're so doomed. Mm-hmm. The failed academy is not just the university. The failed academy goes all the way down to kindergarten, and in this case, elementary schools. These were poorly behaved, rude, impolite kids who talked over each other. They interrupted her. It sounded like sports talk. It just, it was it was appalling. Their behavior is appalling. Where do you think they learned that, Joe? Where, well, they're learning, oh. they're probably learning that the uh, their belief in uh, calamitous uh, climate change uh, trumps their need to behave that mm-hmm. they they've they've learned that this is such a forceful issue that uh they they get to they get to uh, pound it into the ground no matter how impolite that makes them it's just extraordinary what a what a horrible who, sign of the future who taught them that this behavior is okay right that that's that, that's the point kenny they're not being taught they they have no sense of behavior or decorum I have to make the assumption that a teacher might have been with them. They I think the second voice you heard was no. The t- there's a 16 year old. No, no. Let's the, play it again. Oh Don't, no! Then you take your headphones <laughs> off. Oh, take Jesus. your headphones off. The woman. Let who, me see if I can identify an adult. The woman who is, uh, is talking about Senator, this is for your grandchildren. That is the teacher of these kids. You okay. know that for a fact. Yes. All right. Play it again. And if oh, you know no, what's interesting about this group. I've been no, doing this at the beginning. for 30 years. Okay. Yes, on the Green New Deal. We are trying to ask you to vote yes on the Green New Deal. Okay, I'll tell you what. We have our own Green New Deal. I don't know what you're Some scientists have said that we have 12 years to turn this around. Well, it's not going to get turned around in 10 years. What we can do Senator, if this doesn't get turned around in 10 years, you're looking the at teacher. the faces of the people who are going to be living with these consequences. The government is supposed to be for the people and by the people and all You know for what's the interesting about this group is I've been doing this for 30 years. I know what I'm doing. You come in here and you say it has to be my way or the highway. I don't respond to that. I've gotten elected. I just ran. I was elected by almost a million vote plurality. And I know what I'm doing. So, you know, maybe people should listen a little bit. I hear what you're saying, but we're the people who voted you. You're supposed to listen to us. That's your old job. I'm 16. I can't vote. You didn't vote for me. Well, she she voted. It doesn't matter. We're the ones who are going to be impacted. It doesn't matter. We're going to be the ones who are impacted. I understand that. I have seven grandchildren. I understand it very well. Senator, the cost of not taking this action is far higher than the cost of what the Green New Deal will be. And there is enormous popularity for this bill around the whole country. Mm. And we're asking you to be brave and do this for us and for your grandchildren. Listen to that. I'm trying to do the best Mm. I can, which was to write a responsible resolution. Any plan that that doesn't take bold transformative action is not going to be transformative action. Well, you know better than I do. So I think one day you should run for the Senate. Great. And I then you do it your way. But by that time, in the meantime, by that time, there's gonna I be just, a big problem. I just won a big election. Yeah, that was the- I'm, I'm going to... Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Is, wow. That's, that's 
It's the end of the world as we know it. I hate to go throw the old, you know, angry old man thing out there because we're all pretty old and we've been out of school for a long time. But can you imagine what would have happened to us? Oh, my word. That's what I wanted to interject. Oh, my word. I have... A first grader. Yeah. Not the one sitting out here, the one that's actually at school. How would that play? Would that be okay in it's his class? It's amazing, because he is a good kid, but it's amazing how over-the-top complimentary teachers are about him. I thought, well, he, no, this is how kids should behave, which leads me to believe that there's more kids like this <laughs> that are out there. The entitlement factor, the, the fact that these kids from the time that they are born have said you can do no wrong. No, what are you doing at home that's These leading kids to be this way? Brats. What we need I've is I've never seen anything like this. Uh the lack of civility <laughs> and decorum is Joe, just... Joe, we've been put in the position of defending Feinstein. Feinstein. <laughs> Feinstein's the hero here. It's unbelievable. But look at the action of the she teacher. She was a pro. Yeah, she My was. goodness, I would have exploded on this. It was these all kids. she could do to say, shut up, you little bleeps. You needed right there what you needed. And now, how do you think these hypocrites got to her office? Do you think they walked? Is that where they were? They were in her, her office? office. Yeah, the video's right behind. So she know. wasn't even uh, visiting. No, they went to her office. Oh. They needed Senator Royce. I'm going to come over there and flick your ear, you little brat. <laughs> <laughs> it's Rook. Do you think? Can you turn the volume up on that? It's the same video. That same I just video. Played. Yeah. All right. That's it's very just, upsetting. It Jim. really is, isn't it? Where'd you discover this? Uh. Well, it's been out there in it's, the news, yeah. but I hadn't bothered to listen to it. And I was talking to my brother last night, and he said, "You got to listen to that. We're doomed." So I listened to it last night and made a note to uh, <coughs> made a note to play it for the GLers today. Because wow. uh, what what hope do you have for anything reasonable to be accomplished? Can you imagine uh, if if those are the kids talking to Feinstein? What are the kids going to be like talking to occasional cortex? Well, that's my question for you. Um, the senator, she mentioned, we have our own deal. Yeah, I don't know what that meant. Okay. I don't know what that so meant. So she has not come out in favor of this pro- proposed Green New Deal? I'm not sure she has. I'm not sure she has signed on to that. Uh, we know that Amy Klobuchar has. She's getting ballsy in her old age, isn't she? Diane? Yeah. Well, she's getting to the point where what does she have to lose? Right. <laughs> she's, that's that age where I just don't care anymore. I ain't taking it with me. Were you, uh, I, I was half listening, but were you checking out her derriere? Because you said, look at this ass. No, I wasn't checking out her derriere. <laughs> oh, it was something else. Okay. The little kid's the ass. Grandma. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jeez, Brooke. Wow. They're just, it's just pathetic. It really is. It's truly pathetic. Let's come back with Johnny Hyde. This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. We are coming up on St. Patrick's Day. You know, the luck of the Irish. Well, do you have only one agent representing one company for your home and auto insurance? Then you're trying to get lucky. At the Canopy Group, we wish you only the best of luck. But we also believe you deserve more than luck when it comes to your home and auto insurance. You need to rely on a process. The Canopy Group has 20 agents and 16 companies. Their process carefully selects from their 16 companies the best coverage at the best price for your personal insurance needs. 
Flashlight? Check. Tool belt? Check. Attitude? Check. He's going in. Joe Suchere. Well, now that we're all depressed, here's John Heights. <laughs> well, Cheer us up, John. Well, it's even worse is I went online to, to view stuff about this. Yeah. And, of course, everybody's saying Feinstein was, you know, in the wrong. Blah, Are blah, you blah. kidding oh, isn't me? Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Apparently oh. AOC ripped her pretty good, too. I can't get the story to open up, but uh, there's, there's a shock. Good. She, uh, she did like We have thing. lost our bleeping minds. <laughs> so, worse than that. According so it, to Sanibel Jim, we are doomed. Doomed. So, John, is it people in her own party that are ripping her? No, it's uh, mostly magazines and, uh, you know, uh, Washington Post, the New Yorker, the oh New York Times, God, Rolling Stone, uh, saying, what did, saying she talked down to the kids. Oh, those kids need talking down. And to. I, I wish I could open the uh, thing about AOC, uh, uh, but apparently those she would kids needed their ear good. flicked. They really uh-huh. did. And there's no, there's no structure. There's no balance. The, the, these kids, for, look, listen to the way the teacher is talking to her, and, and that's the person that's supposed to be the guiding force for these kids in their future. Well, you know, as long as you want to keep breaking it down, you can understand that these kids are getting absolutely no balance in their education, no, no, zero, no. or at home. Yep. In news, what happened in the Ramsey County Jail to a restrained inmate accounts or amounts to, according to St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter, torture. Other elected officials and community leaders decried the 2016 video made public Monday, which shows a correctional officer punching and using other force on the inmate while employees stand by. Ramsey County Board Chairman Jim McDonough called the racial dynamics alarming. He said a white officer acting upon a black male with a group of predominantly white officers present. Tyrone uh, Terrell, African-American Leadership Council president, said the treatment of Terrell Johnson was a tragedy. Ramsey County Sheriff Bob Fletcher, who was not in office at the time of the incident, joined Terrell. Uh Uh-oh, my news just disappeared. You don't get to hit a restrained guy. Yeah, you don't. I saw the video of this and that. You don't um, get to hit a restrained guy. No, no. That was the reason for hitting him. The guy was an ass. He was not complying, but there were four or five deputies that were there he pretty much wasn't going to get away mm-hmm. at that point. And okay, so uh, a couple of punches talking. to the gut. Can you, was, uh, you guys keep talking. Can you use mine? I can't because I have a, uh, it's a document here that uh, is not, uh, it disappeared and won't come back. It'll come back. You guys talk amongst no, yourselves. Read that, can you go to the next story? Read that story I handed you, John. That'll fire the That's a up. good idea. Yeah. There we go. I think we're going back to my news here Pretty at some cracker point. Jack. Computers, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, well, Give let's me go- something to work with. Well, this is loading, hopefully. Let's uh, go to this story. Uh, Representative Ilhan Omar of Minnesota and uh, Rashida Tlaib of Michigan are the first two recruits of an advocacy. Of an advis- advoc- advocacy. <laughs> advocacy. Uh, Infanticide. Ad- Infanticide. Of an advocacy group asking members of Congress to support the impeachment of President Trump. What do you think of that, sir? Uh, there, I don't know who uh, Ilion is. Is that Ilion Gomez? No, Omar. Il- Omar. Omar Who's Ilhan. Omar Inhar. Inhar. Here is your latest Ilhan Omar report. What is that music? Logic. Makes me want to dance like a, like a pirate. <laughs> Pirate, a pirate with one leg, yeah, with a stump, <laughs> which is what Ocasio Ashla Cortez is always on. She's on a stump. Yeah, the group. Maybe that's a stoop. Front stoop. 
The group called by the people announced Tuesday. Is your computer ready yet? It is. It is, yes. That the freshman lawmakers, both of whom have been at the center of controversy during their short tenures on Capitol Hill, are the, quote, brave first members. You like to to use the computer, don't you, sir? The Google? I like to carry it around like I know what I'm doing. I always get confused with Google, though, because how do you find the Google? (laughs) You have to find it. (laughs) You find the Google... (laughs) But it's not always there. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? I thought you liked to use it for Have maps. you seen my movie yet? No. When I'm sitting in the backyard eating a chicken wing, asking Cheney if he'll be my second guy. Yeah. Is it good wings? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. President, uh, Mr. President, I read one of your daughters is taking over for Kathy yeah. Gifford on the Today Show. What do you What do you make of that? Kathy Lee is uh, she's done. <laughs> and uh, what is a a hoda? I don't know. A hold up. Hoda Kolb? Is, is that, that when you rob a bank? <laughs> I heard they get up. In, I heard they get into the wine on that show from time to time, Mr. Yeah, President. Yeah, I, I don't do my share of drinking anymore, but uh, boy, some of that uh, cab in the morning sure looks good, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a, a, a light red blend. A, a breakfast blend. A little breakfast blend, yeah. <laughs> For some of those people, you think they're on it already. Yeah. You guys, anybody remember, Joe might be the only one old enough besides me, the uh, Galloping Gourmet, Graham oh, Curry. Oh, sure. He would uh, drink before he took the cure oh, during yeah. his show while he was cooking, and the show had become hysterical by the time it was over because he was, was that hammered. On, was that on PBS? Uh, I'm not sure what it was yes. on. Yeah, that was featured yeah. at PBS, uh, what, syndicated that yeah, one, I guess. He was British, and he, you know, he'd start Grand very— guy. he talked yeah, like this. Yes. He'd, you know, he'd be drinking wine, and pretty soon a half hour in, he'd be nuts. Same, with the, guy, stuff around. same with the guy that used to paint. How much weed do you suppose he smoked <laughs> before he broke out the old easel? Because there were no mistakes. <laughs> a northwestern Minnesota woman is accused of setting fire to her restaurant to collect insurance money. Tamara DeVore charged with first-degree arson and insurance fraud. Prosecutors say DeVore set fire to the Caribou Grill in Halleck. On February 21st, a person who was at the bar escaped without being injury, uh, without being injured. Authorities say DeVore could be seen on security video entering and oh. exiting a storage room. <laughs> Then leaving the area several minutes before heavy smoke filled the room. I got to get out of here. <laughs> it's it's her restaurant. Wouldn't she have known that Jeez. camera would implicate her in the fire? Wow. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm getting there. Hang on. Multiple journal- journalists were blocked from covering the beginning of President Trump's dinner with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un in Vietnam Wednesday after some reporters threw questions at the president about his former attorney Michael Cohen moments earlier. Reporters from Reuters, the Associated Press, and Bloomberg were excluded from entering, according to Reuters White House correspondent Jeff Mason. Both Mason and the AP's John Lemire asked questions during the first interaction between the president and Kim. White House was also going to prohibit all print journalists from entering, according to designated print pool reporter Vivian Salama of the Wall Street Journal. But Salama said photographers in the White House press corps protested, and she was allowed inside. L.A. Times White House reporter Eli Stokel said in a tweet that photographers refused to shoot the dinner if other journalists weren't allowed to enter, prompting Salama and a journalist representing the radio pool to be allowed inside. According to Salama, the reason White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders originally gave for excluding reporters was due to the sensitivity of shouted questions and previous interactions between the president and Kim, in her official explanation, she cited the sensitive nature of the meetings and space. Uh, all the North Korean reporters, by the way, were allowed in to the dinner. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, 
How about the internet? I want to know what you idiots are doing. Such, we're going to start so, with you. What the hell are you doing right now? I tried to play some drops, but the, uh, the next computer's gen. not linked. What are you doing, Moran number one? I'm trying to go through the internet's filters. And you, dumb-dumb number three? Uh, the board, somehow this half is not working right now, which is fine, because our mics are still working and we're still recording the show. Huh. But any sound that we <sighs> so, are going to need. I've never seen three people drop out of a broadcast so fast. And I didn't notice. Life. Thank you for pointing out. Jesus, John, all Don, of you just check done now, out. John? Is that John over there? Hey, John. Yeah, He's going to be done doing, if Mr. you President? idiots don't start paying attention. Dear John, right? Oh, we're listening. He's going to wrap it up. <laughs> I can't wait to hear my wrap-up music. The California driver got an oh. important reminder about not parking next to a fire hydrant when <laughs> firefighters had to shatter two of the windows in the car. The Anaheim Fire Department tweeted photos of the car after firefighters had to break both the rear windows and run a hose through the vehicle <laughs> really? to reach the hydrant. <laughs> They tweeted, ever, Serves him right. <laughs> yes. they tweeted, ever wonder what happens when a car is parked in front of a fire hydrant and a fire breaks out? Is a closer parking spot worth the two broken windows in the citation for allowing fees to at Anaheim PD? The department said there wasn't enough room to run the hose under the car, and running it over the top of the vehicle would have caused more damage than merely breaking the two windows. The vehicle was impounded and this brings up a question that I meant to ask Joe at some point this week. We're in the season right now with all of this snow where we're getting harangued by all authorities yeah. to clear out yep. around the fire plugs. Yep. Around the, yep. uh, my question to you is, Joe, why can't they do it themselves? What the hell are you guys doing all day in there? Uh, There's not that many fires. Seriously, no. what the hell are you doing <laughs> that you can't get out there with a couple of shovels and take care of it yourself? And the fire department has become basically a medical unit. That's true, it has. Yeah. There's, fortunately, there are not that many fires anymore. Yeah. But I just, I'm so sick of being harangued by the fire department to go clear my plug out. Mine's uh, cleared out. Let's just, no, I don't know, you know where the what? closest one to just me is. hit the wrap-up music. I can't just, believe it, Kenny. That's just shut up crazy. and hit the music. Let's be How done How do you figure this. that I out? Know. i got some good stories yet. Oh, I'd like to hear them, John. Well, John, well, pick out your best one. Well, they're all, they're all, you know, they're all funny stories. Yeah. Uh, let's go with... Um, <laughs> here, how about Dumb Criminal? Authorities say a Florida man stole collectible coins worth tens of thousands of dollars then ran them through grocery store change machines that returned just a fraction of the value. The Paul, Paul Beach Post reports a 20-year-old Shane Anthony Mealy of Riviera Beach told investigators he stole the commemorative presidential dollar coins and other items from a North Palm Beach office. In December, the coins were worth $33,000. Wow. Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office arrest report says Mealy sold some coins for a few thousand dollars. Then he ran the rest of them through change machines that only produced their face value. He was charged with grand theft, along with unrelated drug charges, released February 4th after posting bond. That's a case for the Gumption County Institute for the Criminally Incompetent. It, uh, it really is. Police in southern Germany say a slaughter... I'm with Kenny at this point. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Wrap it up. We're done. Seriously. End it, because you my screwballs God, you are... Idiots. are uh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah now, you're, now you're on my side. Right. Sorry after, for, after yeah. ignoring John for 10 minutes. Sorry for the producers <laughs> trying to tend to a technical issue. There we go. What is that? 
Well, I'm glad you asked, Kenny. That is the theme song for Table Talk with Rookies Family, <laughs> a non-copyrighted piece of uh, music that you can hear each and every time you go to Podcast One or Apple iTunes and download Table Talk with Rookies wow. Family. It's available now. I want you to promote this show. What is this one? Garage Logic with a C, not a K. See what y'all see you next week. Yeah, yeah me too. maybe. Me too. Why, why don't you come up to the farm? GarageLogic.com. <laughs> Find out all the great features we have online. We'll fix all this stuff and check out some of those back uh, podcasts that we have. You, once you get all caught up, you'll be good Why to would go. anybody after this? I don't know. It's dysfunctional entertainment that you are addicted to. We'll catch you next time at GarageLogic.com. Don't forget to rate us on Apple iTunes.